Okay, so happy is Friday. Erev Shabbat Shalom. Today's year is dedicated to Elul Nishmat. Malka Bajalinos, Hanabat Shemuel, Shalomo Ben Eliyahu, Zerubavel Ben Gabriel, Tzivia Bat Mashiach, Tamara Bat Mashiach, Yosef Ben Nisan, Leora Bat Yitzchak, Zara Bat Moshe, Yehuda Ben David, Binyamin Ben Yitzchak, Rinat Bat Dan, Eliel Dina Bat Ephraim, Binyamin Ben Yosef. Baruch Hashem Tinechen Ulenen, and also for the Rufa Shlema of Rachel Bat Chana, Shemuel Ben Rachel, and Esther Bat Chana. So we are on a new topic. Dovev Sifte Yeshenim. The line comes from Tehillim. Dovev Sifte Yeshenim. But the, the words literally translate here to as Who makes the lips of the ones who are sleeping move. Moving the lips of the, the, the one who is sleeping. And the really sleeping or the dead? So, right now we're going to explain it as referring to those who are deceased. So we touched on this concept yesterday, and Peleoetz made an entire entry for it now. Because it starts with Dalit. Dalit, Dovev. Dovev, causing them. So, Perishura Botenuzal, our Chachamim, the rabbis explained, Shekot Talmid Chacham, Shomrim, Dvar Torah, Mishmo, Ba'olam Hazeh, Siftotav, Dovevot, Bakever. A scholar, that they say the words of Torah that he said in this world. You know, they, they mention him in this world after he passed away, and they mention this Chacham said this, this Rabbi said this, this Rabbi, this was his opinion on something that it says in the Torah. So, Siftotav Doevot Bakever, his lips are also moving in the grave. It's as if you're causing his lips to move in the grave. He gets a pleasure from it in the world to come. That in this world, they are saying over his divrei Torah. They're saying over the words of Torah that he said. He gets a pleasure for it. It's like drinking fine wine. This is like the pleasure of drinking fine wine. It's an interesting analogy. I don't know why. What's the comparison? To, to fine wine, it's, wine was it's something so bad to, back then. So it's something to to think about. Of course, these are concepts that have to be understood. They're obviously not literal concepts. If you if you actually go open up the the coffin, I don't think that you will see um, physically that a person's lips are moving. It's a spiritual concept. It's a spiritual concept saying that it gives hanaa and pleasure to the soul whenever they mention it. I mean, not necessarily the Talmud world. Chacham. It could be any, any, yeah. any deceased. Yes, it, it's mentioning you sing some, their praises or say over something they did or something they said. Yeah. Say over something that they said, of course, something that was positive and influential and beneficial um, in this world. Not something that they said like, oh, they, they had a good joke that they <laughs> they used to say. Or they, they had something they used to do, but it's just something that you laugh about, but not something that really helped anybody. No, maybe a very <laughs> simple thing, but what if, like, anytime you live this room, turn off the light. Something yes, like that. exactly. Anytime you turn off the light, eh, he, he was saying. You know, or, <laughs> or, yeah, or they, or they were saying, anytime you see somebody, go out of your way to say hi to them and to, to greet them. You know, it's a Gemara. The Gemara says that. The Gemara says that. Anytime you, you see somebody, you're doing a kindness to somebody. So a person was saying that, so you're, you're bringing them back alive in, in this world. By quoting not, what not, they used to related, say. Not related, but related. But this whole idea of like they're saying like, remember back in the Shara Tova, they used to say Hashkavot, like 
every single like Bukharian person. It's going to be like thousands of names of people that <laughs> so they say, stop saying it. You keep on. <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah. So it's a, it's a different concept. But yes, it's true. They, the Nishama does not like it to, to just say his name, to just say Hashkava for, for no reason um, in this world. That it's only at the time that. Uh, a time of the sal. At the time of the sal, you mentioned their name in the in the hashkava. During on Yom Kippur, uh, we say all the names for the hashkavot on Yom Kippur. But that's it. Only for the first year, the entire year, and then around the time of the sal, and then and then for for yeah, Yom Kippur. But outside of that, every time they have an aliyah, they say if if they have a, a parent they lost or something. They shouldn't know. They shouldn't say it. No. Kind of yeah, yeah pe- people always like to mention and always like to say it. But it's not good That's to. That's not a. It's not. It's not good to. Only. Only around the time of the sal. Only at the time of the sal, and uh, and for and for Kippur, Dream Kippur. So therefore, So first, my first advice: If there's any person that Hashem blessed you with knowledge. <laughs> You learned a little something, or you know a little bit something in this world. Write a book. <laughs> Write and publish a book. Author and publish a book. According to the extent that you are able to. And that will benefit the public. I, I think today in Peleoids would even say, make recordings <laughs> of, of the Divrei Torah that you say. Right? Post it, uh, post it for people to be able to hear it or to be able to see it. But this is only if you're Ho'il Rabim. The Ho'il Rabim. All of this always goes back to the Ho'il Rabim. means something that benefits the public. Something that benefits people. When you say something, it helps people in this world. They all say chesed la'alafim. And whenever you publish, you are doing a kindness for thousands. You're doing... And furthermore, you're going to do yourself a favor because one day after you pass away, one day when you go close to Hashem, anytime they read your book, they read your sefer, anytime they, they learn something that were your words that you said, your lips will be moving in the grave. And this will be for generations. It could be 500 years later. Somebody's going to read something that you said. Somebody's going to read something and mention your name and something that you did. And your lips will move in the grave. And this is a kindness that a person can do for all of the tzadikim. It's a kindness to a tzaddik and a chassid to learn their words, to learn their words of Torah. And their merit will be a protection for you because you're learning their sfarim. And there are a few stories that Peleyowet uh, says. One time there was a gzera against the Jewish people. There was a person who used to love learning the book of Al Sheikh. Al Sheikh Al Torah. So, yeah, they call him Al Sheikh Kadosh because uh, he was a holy man. But he was a student of Maran. You know, he was a student of Rabbi Yosef Karo in the 1500s. So Maran Ashulchan Aruch that we, you know, that we all learn his halachot. So one of his students. Yeah, uh, oh, oh, I don't have it here. Oh, to the, the, oh, so the story is in the Shem Agdolim Now Shem Agdolim, the Chida, 
uh, wrote a sefer. One of the books of the histories of all of the rabbis is called Shema Gdolim of the Chida. So I, I guess uh, it doesn't say it in my version, but maybe mm. it says there the story is in there. So the Al Sheikh was a student of uh, Maran, and he wrote many commentaries on the Torah and on, on Tanakh. Fantastic, phenomenal commentaries. Sfart, commentaries. Sfart? Yeah, so far. He lived in Tzfat. He, was, uh, he lived in Tzfat, was a student of Maran. He also taught uh, Rabbi Chaim Vital, the um, Ashkech uh, Kadosh. So he wrote, he is one of the rabbis that he, he um, had the distinction that nobody calls his book by its name. And the reason was, his commentary on the Torah, he has, he has other commentaries on Tanakh that they do call by its name, but his commentary on the Torah, they called it Torah, he, he called it Torat Moshe. Because his name was Moshe, Rabbi, Rabbi Moshe al-Sheikh. They called it Torat Moshe. And when they read his commentary, they said, you know, you, you don't have the right to call your words, the Torah, you yourself, my, your words, the Torah of Moshe. <laughs> you don't have the right. So anybody who quotes the Al Sheikh, they say the Al Sheikh on the Torah wrote. The commentary Al Sheikh on the Torah. There were a few books like that. The Shla Kadosh is another one of them. What's the Shla Kadosh? What was the name of his book? Shla stands for Shne Luchot Habrit. Shne Luchot Habrit. He called his book Shne Luchot the two tablets that Moshe Rabbeinu brought down. I said, you you don't get to call your book. You don't get it. It's it's not at that level. So we call it the Shla. They just call him. Uh, they call it the Shla Kadosh. It's a holy book and it's a great book. But you don't get to call your book that. You're pushing it. <laughs> You're pushing it. So so this person loved learning the Al Sheikh. And one time there was a gzera against the Jewish people, and he saw the Al Sheikh himself came to save him. And it says, And the Al-Sheikh came to him in a dream and told him, The reason why I came to save you is because you used to learn my books. You used to, you would love, you love learning my sparim. And especially to try to understand them. If there's anybody that, if there were any rabbis who came after, rabbis who came after them, or people ask questions on this sefer, and you come to defend them, and you come to explain uh, what they truly meant, that is beneficial to them as well. And there's another story, the Ayin Besefer Magid Mesharim. And look in the Sefer Magid Mesharim. Magid Mesharim is a book that was written by Maran, the Shulchan Aruch Halachot. They say in Tzfat that he had a Magid. He had, in his time, they testified, he had an angel, he had a Malach that would come and learn with him. And he wrote a book. It's a separate. Anybody can read it. It's a very, very difficult book to read. But anybody who wants can uh, can read it. Magid Mesharim. It's a book of what did the Malach teach me when I learned with the angel. What did the what did the Malach teach me? So he said there. That the Rambam himself in Shamaim in heaven was an advocate for Maran, the, the, the Rambam, who came a few generations before him, because the Maran, the Shulchan Aruch, and the Beit Yosef spent many, many hours and many, many times trying to explain the words of the Rambam to the people. And you know, the foundation, the base of Shulchan Aruch that we learn, it comes mostly from the Rambam. The Rambam's original halachot that he wrote, so he collected from other places also. But many times, when the, the Rambam does any, they ask questions on him. 
Bet Yosef would come to try to answer the, the Rambam. And the Malach, the angel, told him that the Rambam gets great pleasure from this, from the fact that you explained his words. So, et kurato havana fik le'ape, uchvar uva ba'aktamat sefer maginesh lomo. And also in the book Maginesh Lomo, we, we mentioned the book Maginesh Lomo. Does anybody remember? We mentioned them. Maginesh Lomo, the author of the book, who was the uncle of the Pnei Yoshua. He wrote the Shut, Shut Pnei Yoshua. And his book was Maginesh Lomo. Maginesh Lomo means the defender of Shlomo. Who was Shlomo? Shlomo is Rashi. So the most famous commentary on the Gemara when a person learns Gemara is Rashi, of course. Second most famous is Tosfot. The Tosfot, which is a collection of the Rabbanim, including Rabbeinu Tam, Rashi's grandchildren, and, and others. Um, and very often the Tosfot argues with Rashi. Whenever they have a question on a comment of Rashi, Tosfot always jumps, I have a question on Rashi. I have a different explanation for the Gemara than what Rashi said because of this question that I have. So the book Maginesh Lomo, and the Pnei Yoshua, by the way, did the same thing that his uncle did. And Maginesh Lomo is a book that was written to defend Rashi. And Tosfot would ask a question, every time Tosfot would ask yeah, a question, he answers, no, 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 this, what Rashi meant, Rashi really had a reason. He didn't have a chance to explain himself, because he, he just he wrote, that he, he, yeah, he wrote a book, and then the Tosfot came afterward, so Rashi doesn't have a chance to explain himself. So he said, Maginesh Lomo, I'm the defender of Shlomo. I'm the defender of Rashi. I'm going to answer all of those questions on Rashi. And I'm sure that this guy also put another book. So, <laughs> so Maginesh Lomo, in, his, in the introduction to Maginesh Lomo, he says, Because he put so much work and effort into defending and explaining Rashi, He had a zechut that, I guess somebody else wrote the introduction, but said that Rashi himself came for his levaya. Whenever he passed away. What about arguing or opposing the words of, let's say, the deceased? Does that have an opposite effect? The, uh, the is, I mean, what we just said, what you said about Tosfot is kind of like against everything you're saying. Meaning Tosfot came to, the grandchildren came to kind of argue on the words yeah. of their holy late Yeah, that's a good question. And of course, when the Tosfot argued with Rashi, it wasn't personal. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't about ego that you're saying one thing, so I'm trying to explain differently. It's a different viewpoint. It's a different. This is how I understand the Gemara, and and I want to show you that there's another way that you could look at it, or there's another way that you could read it. So yeah, does it mean that Rashi was against them because they wrote something against it? I don't know. But he's, what he's saying over here is that when a person's words are learned in depth. A person says something and he didn't say it for no reason. And sometimes people ask questions on it. And people care to understand their words. They don't just accept that, you know, Tosfot asked a question on Rashi. That means Tosfot's right. No, 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 no. Maybe Rashi actually meant something. Maybe there was something that Rashi understood that Tosfot didn't understand. So, so people who learn Rashi at that level or people who learn Rambam at that level, everybody has questions on the Rambam. They say, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. This is how the Rambam understood the, the Gemara. That brings a pleasure to the Rambam. That brings a pleasure to, to Rashi. That people care to understand their words. That's, that's the point over here. So And the greater the Rabbanim that you're learning, the, the greater it is. Because right? right? they're going to be advocates for you in Shamaim. 
וטוב שיהיה לומד בכל הספרים, כי כולם כאחד טובים. אני אומר, I'm not telling you to learn one book over the other book. All of the ספרים, all of the books are great. The Rabbanim are great. וחובה זו ביתר מותרת היוצא חלצב של מחבר. But there's one thing I want to tell you. If somebody had a grandparent or a great grand, an ancestor that they know, who was a great rabbi and who wrote Sfarim, it's an obligation on the, the descendants, on the children, on the grandchildren, to learn their father, grandfather, their ancestors' Sfarim, their ancestors' book. If you are their the descendant, you should be learning their Sefer, you should be learning their book. And do the best to defend and to understand their words. This is the greatest pleasure. The greatest pleasure for the parents and for the, for the deceased and for the grandparents are that their descendants and those who come after them are learning their words. There is no greater pleasure for them than that. However, we understand pleasure in Olam Abba. And they will be the greatest advocates for them in Olam Haba. Those grandparents, those great-grandparents that their descendants are still learning their words of Torah, those grandparents are going to be their advocates in Olam Haba, in the world to come. And another concept is it's an obligation on the community of that rabbi. Meaning if that rabbi had a community and they were his community, it's their obligation to learn his books. It's their obligation to learn his words and to keep his name alive. And that way, their rabbis, their, their merit, will protect them. The Gemara tells of a beautiful story that in the town of Rabbi Eliezer, there, there was one time uh, a decree of Zera against all of the, the Jewish cities, and they were saved. The town of Rabbi Eliezer was saved because they all followed their, uh, their rabbi. Now, the halacha was not always like, in the end like Rabbi Eliezer. In, in the Gemara. There was Rabbi Eliezer had a very famous opinion. Uh, he had a few very famous opinions, but, but one of his famous opinions was that for a Brit Milah on Shabbat, you can do anything. If there's a Brit Milah on the eighth day of Shabbat, you know, there's a big machloket in the Mishnah. Okay, let's say I don't have a knife. Can I go make a knife and prepare a knife just so that I could do, you know, to go cut a tree and to burn and, and, to, and to make a fire, to do all of it just to do a Brit Milah on Shabbat? So, Rabbi, so we say no. Halakha is like the opinions that are no. But Rabbi Eliezer said yes. It was his opinion that to do a Brit Milan on Shabbat on the eighth day, you can do and whatever, anything, anything. We say no. Mostly you have to have it prepared before Shabbat. Only the actual act of the, <laughs> of the, of the Milan. But in the town of Rabbi Eliezer, they followed their rabbi because they had such great respect for their rabbi. And the Gemara says, because they followed their rabbi, they were saved from the Gzera whenever the other towns around them uh, were, were, were punished by the Gzera. So there's a great zikhut in a community having that honor and that respect for their rabbi. Thank you. I'm going to pause there. Have a, we wish a wonderful Shabbat to everybody. Shabbat Shalom and we'll I thought Rabbi Yehuda also had that opinion. Rabbi Yehuda is the one that